point okay, of being I'm, upset. Uh, no, here's the thing. You can be aggravated and not be upset. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Something can, can be well, Hey, upset. you could be aggravated by something. I go, oh, I'll just, uh, that's aggravating. I'll just be, uh, that's fine. Yeah, but you could be aggravated by something, and it's, it's clear to the person near you, and they say, well, why are you so upset? You know what's aggravating? This conversation is aggravating. <laughs> if you were, if you weren't upset, I wasn't. Here's upset. Then you can't be aggravated Here, because aggra- no. okay. that, that's true. Listen to what he's saying because, in a Howard, clarify it. But here's when it comes to Howard Glassman. Here's what's upset. Yeah, here's here's upset. <laughs> if because if you believe me, if I had been upset, then I would have started throwing stuff. Oh, you know, let, let, let me just point out, because I love the fact that this man who's living in a glass house, who is, you know, when any time we get a technical, you know, thing on his end, he starts banging the table and, you know, screaming. That's upset. Yeah. Let's see the video of that one. Oh, please. Well, listen, well, let, well no, listen, you just, I said that I've known you 34 years. I, I've seen it. When you're like, yeah, that's upset. (laughs) If I go, shoot me. Oh, I almost fell out of my chair. So is this the, okay, we've gone live on Facebook. We're recording this scintillating conversation. Is everything okay so far? Uh Uh, Technically speaking, from our end, uh, I think we can say yes. Everything's good. Hey, listen, it was a aggravating situation the last couple of shows because there was something going wrong with the, the, the technical aspect of the program. And that's never good for anybody. Right. Boy, we think we have problems. What about this weather network? I just went back to it. They're yeah. still down, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh my Cybersecurity ki- thing. Yes, Dan. I, you know, it's funny because I've been going there, you know, in the last couple of days trying to figure it out. And there's a big story here in the sun and all the Globe and Mail's got it. The uh, Weather Network hit by cybersecurity incident says hack impacts website and data systems. I would say, have you seen it yet today, Dan? I looked and they had uh, a couple hours uh, and the current temperature, but they didn't have uh, any kind of forecast. Now I know what it's like when, you know, they take crack away from an addict to be without our weather network. Us. <laughs> no, you know, I know. In particular. My goodness. Oh, yeah. It's, what how do you do with your weather network? I check it every half hour. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Howard in particular. Yeah. You know, there's, there are other apps. There are other apps. I have. I've gone to AccuWeather. I've gone to weather.com. There's also uh, Weather Underground. That's a good app. I like that one. Is it really? Oh. Yeah. No. I wonder, and on a serious note, if I may, I wonder how much this affects, has affected them. <laughs> because it's been 24 hours. It was yesterday morning I first noticed it. I mean, it, there's a significant, like, if you go to the Weather Network now, it, there's the site's completely, all there is is a couple of things. All the graphics yeah. are gone. All the, you know, all the advertising's gone. The word is breach. They've been breached. It might have been one of those. Uh, <laughs> is that the word? Mm-hmm. I, you know, this character it's you quite do. quite the breach. 
took place. This character you do when you, you say something and you just look at me like, the word is breached. Uh, breached. I have words. You're not the word. You're not the only word, no, no. Smith. I've not, got words. It's the way you're saying it. The word is breached. Uh, kind of greasy. Um, yeah, anyway, so you don't go to the Weather Network. You never, you never check the forecast about Burley Falls. Oh, God, what's happening at Burley Falls this weekend? Who you ask? You. Oh, yeah. I, I look at the Weather Network all the time. It's funny. My sweet little wife, right, on her phone, she just uses the weather app that's on there. And she'll say, <laughs> she says to me all the time, oh, it's going to be 74 degrees today. I'm, what? <laughs> 74 <laughs> degrees. Right. She's never switched it over to Celsius or whatever she used. I guess it's out of the States or whatever. It's yeah. Fahrenheit. And I think that's sweet. But she's almost been conditioned now. I'll say it's going to be 30 today. And she'll go, what's that? How much is that? <laughs> oh, no, say, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's she's backwards because of this app. I can't even. Uh, I, with uh, When you go to the uh, Fahrenheit, I don't even think in those terms anymore. I really have to, I have to convert Fahrenheit to Celsius in my brain to sort of get, get where I because I'm so used to Celsius but, now. And the you know, world is Celsius. We've mm. talked about this before with height and weight. We use the old imperial system, but distance, we use kilometers. Even my swimming pool here. You know, the air temperature, oh, it's 30 degrees today, 27 degrees today. I say, what's the temperature of the pool? And it's in Fahrenheit, right? Yeah. So it's like, because the kids always do it for me. Hey, what's the temperature, kids? And they'll run and grab the thing and look. And 75, Papa, or 78, Papa. Mm. Yeah, we've it's had this. we flip flip back and forth yeah i i don't think in meters at all although i can do it i just don't like you know for you like one meter is three point three feet three inches or something like that yeah 39 inches yes you're right three feet three yeah 39 inches Sorry, I just hit this. It was a little slower than that. 36 plus there. 3. Yes, I got it. Okay. Okay. Is, is it been breached? <clears throat> okay, Dan, listen. Now that the audio seems to be okay, why don't we begin the actual program? This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a dining room table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who, like Hurricane Lee, started out as a five and have been downgraded to a tropical storm. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Donald. Uh, Bill Brio will join us on this program today. You know, we've been uh, getting out of the habit of featuring our sponsors at the beginning of the show. And today, I got quite a bit of uh, reaction to this promotion we're doing. A lot of people have been hearing about us driving these electric vehicles from rentelectric.ca, and now is your chance. Uh, you can give them a call if you want at 1-800-387-9391. But here's the deal. For the next four weeks, and uh, a bunch of people took advantage of this yesterday, send us an email. It's a very simple contest. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com in the subject line, Rent Electric. And what we're going to give you is a chance to hang out and get this car could be a Tesla. could be one of the other ones they have. There's uh, all kinds of Konas and Leafs. And, uh, uh, anyways, here's the thing. What we're going to do is give you the, the, the car for a weekend. 
just want to make sure that's it. Yeah, free weekend of EV rentals and give you an opportunity to sort of feel what it's like to have these cars. And a couple of the people that emailed us actually said, Fred, you know, they actually said we were thinking of getting an electric vehicle for our next car. And this would be an opportunity to test drive or test the concept. If you just want to rent one, if you use the voucher Humble EV, you'll get $40 off your first rental. Call 1-800-387-9391 and uh, go to rentelectric.ca. Fred? Fred? Yes. Uh let me just uh, let me click this here. Yeah, click something. I wanted, yeah, I'm I know. I, I know. I should have said, "Hey, let's get I, some uh, sponsors going here at the beginning of the show." All right. Let me. I know. Clicking. Take some I'm time. Clicking. clicking. Hey, hey. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their uh, industry leading odds, world class sportsbook, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players. With an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, just looking, uh, Jay is a slight favorite over the Texas Rangers tonight. Was at the game last night. The Jays are just flaccid. There's no fight in that team. Big, huge series against Texas. They have failed to show up, but favored tonight. Anyway, that's uh, Bodog is where you get all the numbers and all the sports. So is that why you were downtown eating at uh, a cool, fancy restaurant, Gusto 101? This is it. Yes, this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. It's funny. Is it funny or is it interesting? It's funny. It's uh, intriguing. Because um, you asked me off the air, had I ever heard of it? Or, or, and I told you, not only I took Juliet, strangely enough, to that restaurant, but I'd been to uh, Gusto 501, which is in the East End. It's one of those places, Dan. Have you ever heard of it or have eaten at it? Some downtown no. place? Yeah. No. You'd like it. It's got a kind of a Taroni feel to it, you know? Right. Which you, I, I know you've been to. Well, um, why not? It's in the city of Taroni. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so is the, this, the, the tag. this I face. I wish to see the Taroni <laughs> Blue Jays last night. This, this face I'm giving you? That's aggravated. Um <laughs> Not upset, just aggravated. So, uh, yes, the Taroni fucking Blue Jays. Super. Uh, they lost. Hey, the Taroni Blue Jays lost, Leslie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I think. You know what? He caps it, he caps it with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I know he does. Mm-hmm. Listen, we know him well. He's like fucking just, he's gonna, this is all we're going to hear for the entire fucking Listen, show. I'm the first guy to admit I'm sickening. Proceed. Go ahead. So, you were uh, mentioning that... Uh, you had uh, was it Danny went to the the game with us well or just had uh, dinner with him? No, uh, the three of us, me, Delise, Danny. It was a very pleasant experience. I left Brampton about three o'clock, just cruised right down to his condo, which is right beside the Rogers Center. And what I save in parking, we could have dinner, right? Yeah, slightly so park at his place. Yeah, because so without without uh, telling you where Danny Patterson lives, it's on. Uh, it's literally across the. The road or, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll just like I let you know what parking is because I park just down from his condo on the other yeah. side of the gardener. And it's twenty five ball. It's twenty five dollars, I think, for the night. But anyway, he has a visitor's parking as well as his regular parking. And uh, it's very convenient to do that. Anyway, cruised right down there. You know, it's almost like you're whipping. You're on your way downtown. And you keep waiting for the problem to happen. When's it going to back up? And it never did. It was just bizarre. So that was very pleasant. So, and I, w- I know we're going to talk about restaurant dining, and it's, I think, mm-hmm. fascinating for people. But when we finish, I want to come back to what you just said, 
Because I had an experience the other day I didn't right. share with you yesterday that was just one of those Toronto things that can happen that make people hate the city and not want to live in it. So you, you, got, you, you caught a wave. You got yeah. into the city, no problem, and you went to a yeah. restaurant, very nice, well, Gusto on, uh, it's like King, King Street area, right? On Portland. Yeah, Portland, right. But first, to back up a bit, I went up to the condo, saw my grand dog, Dougie, sweet boy. I had a beer there, a Stiegel. It was very good. What did Dougie have? <laughs> <laughs> when you get there to it, Dougie's funny. He shows off, eh? Like, he's so, so excited when Danny has company. He goes into this room and brings out all his toys yeah, to yeah. show you. Oh, it's so sweet. Anyway, then we wound our way up to Portland Street, went to Gusto 101, and it was just a fabulous, fabulous experience. The best octopus I've ever had. It was just an appetizer and quite pricey, but so good. Man, unbelievable. And then they have this focaccia bread, like for six bucks. Did you have that, Howard? And dip it in the. I've had it. You know they have really good vinegar. pizza. They have great pizza there as well. Well, we did a share table, and we had a pizza. Yeah. And we had this mushroom pasta dish, which was outstanding. We had the uh, focaccia, and I and I had the octopus, and I think something else. But did man, you say oh, it? Went, oh, lamb meatballs! Lamb oh, meatballs! Oh golly! Did you say at any point? Why don't you focaccia? Did you say stuff like that? Yeah. What do you mean oh, by a share I table? I wish I had to use that one. <laughs> a share <laughs> table where you share all the, you, you know, everyone shares what you ordered. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's not like you're at a table where you're sharing with a bunch of people. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that, that would be great. With my wife, that would not happen. No, that would be, that would be the, that was some funny, okay, we're going to sit you down here with the Glassmans and then you're just going to share with some strangers. Oh, are you going to finish your focaccia? Focaccia! <laughs> that happens. Oh, there was a restaurant when I lived in San Francisco that did that. It was, uh, what do they call that? They call it family dining or something like that. Family dining, yeah, yeah, they do that. But not usually with other people. Yeah, I know family dining. They drop it on the table and the family shares it, not right. some other family. You don't <laughs> yeah. know. There's no, no way. No, that's no true. Way. They do. Yes, no way. That's unsanitary. No, it's a table of eight people or something. Yeah, but you're not you sitting there with it. strangers. Yes, you are. No, you're not. Yeah, you're Come sitting. On. Okay, you're sitting with strangers. I give you that, but you're not sharing the food with strangers. Hello, person okay. I've never met before. Have <laughs> some right. of my mashed potatoes. No, exactly. How are we going to split this? Wait a second. You had a glass of wine. I didn't, Dan. There's no, no way. Fucking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I will admit you probably sat at a table with strangers, but there's no way you shared the food with strangers. No, that's the way you it was. It was no, it was, it was, no way. It was, no way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Danny, right, look it up. How high Danny, were you? How high were Danny. you? <laughs> <laughs> Danny also takes us last time we were there to this uh, Thai food restaurant just up Spadina. It's outstanding, like all a lot of the restaurants are, and it's like that. You can sit at a big long table, absolutely, with people, with people you don't know, but you're not sharing the food with them. I, I think the, the, the girls and I have done this several times, where yeah. you know, again, you're in these smaller restaurants downtown Toronto, and you're mm-hmm. at a table where you're sort of adjoined to other people, especially, actually, especially in Chinatown. Okay, but let's not dwell on this because <laughs> there's no way you shared food with strangers at a no. restaurant. Anyway, um, so, and, and part of the conversation that we were having, Fred and I, before the show, was not just about how good that restaurant is. And, and that whole area, you know, what they did is, at, at first it aggravated me, not upset me, that they shut down King Street. I don't know if you guys know this, but they, they've turned parts of King into kind of a pedestrian walking area, whatever. 
And it became, it was aggravating for me because I was always coming home from the East End and that was, sometimes I would go down King. But what that, what it's done is it's turned it into a real destination area. A lot of people just walking around and that's why I took Juliet there. After the, after the play, I took her to a, a play and then we walked down King Street, hung around that area. It's just really on a, on a, on a weekend night. It's got to be where, well, no, last night wasn't a weekend, but still it's, it's a lot of people are hanging around. Well, again, it's a people city and, I mean, the vibe and the feel, it was good. Again, for a young person, I wouldn't want to live there. It's nice to visit the odd time. But I'll tell you, the smell of the wood fire, I don't even know if it was coming from Gusto, but around there, Mm -hmm. I just had, I I can't help but think that people, and we made this point last night, people that have never been to Toronto before, like Toronto and their tourists, how impressed they must be with the city. Because more than ever before last night, I got a vibe, like an international vibe, like, you know, I've been to Rome, and I've been to a lot of the big cities, Rome, London, stuff, and you have this certain sort of vibe, but when you're in your own city, you don't quite get it. But last night, I'm thinking, man, if I'm from somewhere else, and I come here, this is a pretty interesting city. And that's why I took her there. You know, when yeah. we, we um, I can't remember where we parked, but I said, you know, listen, after the play, I want, want to take you back down to that area, because we had uh, breakfast in that area, when, and we went back to Gusto. Mm-hmm. Because of that, because... Uh, you know when there's when it's filled with people it's quite something but one of the things that came out of this conversation is yeah. that there was a, a story that you said that mm-hmm. actual in restaurant dining is down yes june july august down nine percent this is dine in and uh obviously it's alarming for a lot of the restaurateurs down there because they cited a couple of uh restaurants and they talked to the owners and in the past three years, their costs have doubled. So, again, it's one thing to give stuff to Uber and send it out. But, you know, you like you like bums in the seats for several reasons <clears throat> to justify the space where you can upsell while you're there. Obviously, you know what I mean? Tipping on and on and on and on. But there's a there's a real. Yeah, it's drastic. Ten percent down over the summer months in Toronto. And again, so and then you, you start wondering, like, why? Um, but you, you can see when you sit at a restaurant, like, prices have gone up on the menus. They have to because all the costs right down the line, right to supply chain, have gone up so dramatically that, of course, it's going to be reflected in the menu. And, uh, and then there's what we had talked about, Howard, too, this younger generation. What do we call them, the 20-somethings now? Uh, what are they? They're not generation Z? Uh, I don't know. I've lost generation. track. Are they millennials? Are those are they millennials? I don't know. No, I don't think so. But anyway, just their attitude. You know, they watch so much stuff on little tiny screens now in this era of huge screens, which is interesting. But this whole uh, this uh, whole culture now of ordering food to your pad from anywhere you want, yeah, and their willingness to do it and pay the the extra, I guess, is uh, it's really affecting. The in 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 uh, restaurant dining. Well, I told you both. You know, I mean, I live in the city. I can walk out my door, and either side of me are two of the my favorite restaurants. They're really good restaurants. It's not fast food. There's you know, there's jerk chicken on one side, and you've had it. It's amazing. There's Portuguese chicken yes. on the other side, but mm. but I still order. You know, more than I ever did because it's so convenient. But but our kids. You know, you were talking about Danny. I was saying that Charlie. I when Charlie first moved to New York, she was telling me that you know like they were her offices right in downtown Manhattan, and kids her age routinely order coffees. 
Like they don't go to the coffee machine. <laughs> they would order Dan like like fancy coffees from Starbucks or someplace and have it delivered. I'm like, really? I mean, I get having, you know, Chinese food delivered. That's what we're sort of used to. But these kids have everything delivered all the time. And and seemed and I said to you, Fred, I think part of the reason is they've just grown up with it. And it's so convenient. Like you were telling me that Danny orders and has it timed so that when he gets to the front door, I mean, like they they all they're so used to it where we kind of grew up where the only thing we ever ordered in delivered was pizza because of porn, you know, the porn pizza uh, and uh, and Chinese food. Yeah. When I was a kid, that was it. And that was a special, special treat. But Dan says when he's my Danny, um, he says when he's driving home, he can time it so that. When he gets off, the, <clears throat> excuse me, gets off the elevator and walks up to his door, it's sitting there in front of the door. Uh, wow. How much does it cost to deliver a coffee? I, I don't know. Yeah, Dan, they, don't care, they don't care. That's the point. They don't. But it would care. cost more than the coffee cost, probably. Probably, right? or or well, in Manhattan, probably not because there's so much delivery. And by the way, in Manhattan, like Charlie wasn't just ordering it from Uber Eats; she was ordering it from all kinds of delivery. It's not just the. Yeah, Uber's, Uber Eats is pretty expensive, but there's so many other delivery mechanisms now in big cities, not just in Toronto, New York, but it's their, it's their um, mindset. I, I still haven't done it. You can do it here in Brampton. Yeah, even in Brampton. Um, I still haven't done it because the idea of just popping in the car and driving the five minutes to grab it is something I'm still willing to do. Um and it's not a really a nervousness of the process anymore because it was at the beginning. I mean, even with Uber, the cars, the first couple of times I used that, I was all nervous thinking I was going to fuck something up. <laughs> but I, I haven't done the food yet. Yeah. I, I still have that to look forward to. I do. You know, I've been doing it for several years. It's very convenient. You know, you you can. You know, I have I have on my Uber Eats profile now. It says where to come to the front door because it's a little mm-hmm. awkward here. Sometimes they come from the opposite way, and so on. You can see on the app when they're two minutes away, and you know I'll come downstairs and I'll stand in front just to give them. So because because you have to do a little Yui here, but right. sure. you know where all where what I this you'll laugh, but what I order on Uber Eats is dim sum. Like sometimes when I'm watching golf on a Sunday afternoon, if I want to have something, I, and I don't feel like just regular Chinese food, there's a couple places in the city that will deliver dim sum like at any point in the day, not just for breakfast. And I order that. Wow. And uh, I, the yeah. delivery fee isn't, so I could look at my history. It's not that big a deal. It might be four or five bucks. I'll leave the guy a tip and it's not a big deal. Well, again, it's that whole balance thing. I guess when I get it through my head that it's worth the five or six bucks rather than getting in the car. Hey, maybe in the dead of winter, I will start doing that. I I don't know. But uh, let me just this go, to switch subjects a bit while I think about it. The wood fire, you know, you order pizza from, you know, pizza, pizza and all that stuff. I'll tell you, there's nothing like a wood fire pizza done right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, That pizza last night. And I forgot what we had. It was, it had some meat on it and some buffalo cheese and stuff. Just the flavor of that pizza. You don't even want to call those fast delivery pizzas pizzas. They're just, you know, that's just fast food. Mm-hmm. This pizza last night was just so good. Like you could taste in the crust the, you know, the wood fire and the, and just the ingredients are of a quality that are just such a cut above your. Regular 
goodness. Oh, just so good. Like, mm. seriously. So yeah. good. Everything I had there. Think about this. Lamb meatballs in a tomato sauce. And then this bread they gave to dip it in. Oh. No. Come on. You, you know, you can buy uh, wood-fired pizza ovens now that are like a little ninja. No, I know. Yeah. You, Dan, you can have a wood-fired pizza oven delivered on Uber Eats. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you probably can. So here was here's my last order of dim sum. It was thirty seven dollars, and the service fee was three seventy eight. <clears throat> Excuse me, and the delivery fee was ninety nine cents. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I added priority delivery, which means that. It just gets there a little faster, and that was two four. Oh, wow. That was two forty nine. So what it cost me to have it delivered was two forty nine, three forty nine, six. It cost me seven dollars <throat> extra. Rather than well, the thing is, I wouldn't go to this place and pick it up because it's downtown. So you paid for a priority. I thought all you had to say was, "Hey, it's Humble Howard calling," and then you get priority. No, if I said and- that, then it goes to some fucking other place. <laughs> You know who this is? This is Humble Howard. <laughs> That's right. We will drop everything. We I, will drop everything. Sir. What I do is I go back to the 90s and say, do you know who I am? Uh, anyway, so $7 uh, as, would save me a trip to because that place is around Spadina and Danny's place, right? So yeah. let them deliver it as opposed to me getting in my car and going to like whatever that would take me. Oh, down there. Yeah. Crazy. Um. Two other points I want to make here. Um, um, sushi. If it, Costco sells sushi in these trays, yeah. and there's one for about 26 27 bucks. It's really good and fresh. Okay. It really, just so you know, it's very good. Yeah, I'm, I've um, let, just so you know, I've let my Costco membership expire again, so... Oh, have you? unless Dan comes over. I'm Dan, not have you ever had the Costco sushi? It's like it's you know sometimes in the grocery no, store. No, you've mentioned you get the it sushi. before. Yeah, this doesn't taste it's an that aftertaste. Good, yeah, right. Yeah. We got we got more the other day. Delise went and brought it home, and I was so impressed with hmm. it. Okay. Um. <laughs> By the way, not no. I'm not disputing that Costco sushi is better than other grocery no, store no. sushi, but it's you know I, I can walk uh, out my door. And again, maybe it's not $25, but in three blocks, I can have pretty decent sushi. Howard, where do I live? I have no idea. I live in, <laughs> I live in Brampton, so right. the grades of sushi. By the way, there's a sushi restaurant, all you can eat here in Brampton. We used to go to, and you want to talk about inflation and dine-in. It was all you could eat. Just before COVID, it was like eighteen ninety nine a person. Now it's thirty four ninety nine. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. Okay, what was Crazy. your second point? Because I have to... Uh, well, okay, I, the, Okay, the, the next point is about dine-in, and we were, we were talking about this before the show. Um, McDonald's and Tim Hortons now, right. they're, they're rethinking their interiors because less and less people are actually coming in. People are so committed or so hooked on these drive throughs And I said to you, Howard, how often I'll go to Hortons and there'll be a long lineup in the drive through so I'll just park and walk in and walk right up to the counter and... There's no and, one inside, and, yeah. And place my order, and it's like, 
I look at the drive through like, what is it that you want to stay in your car and sit there and sit there and sit there when you could just walk in and get it? But so now it's like, okay, all this interior stuff we spent money on, we got to rethink this because people aren't coming inside now. To your point, I mean, I, I live down the street from a Hortons and uh, about uh, half a block from that is the Starbucks. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to the Starbucks a couple times. I haven't been inside either of those restaurants in a long, long time. Years. Like, right. you know, when, uh, you know, when, when there was a first a Starbucks there or Tim Hortons, I'd go inside and get something. But that's a really interesting, interesting. That's because well, there's no, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I wouldn't. I'll, I'll stay in my car, sitting in my car, rather than get out and sit in a restaurant, uh, especially one of those restaurants. There's no need to anymore. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, but the, <clears throat> they're, the, they're the worst, those drive-thrus, as far as, you know, promoting pollution from car exhaust. I mean, because everybody's just sitting there. Yeah, no, you're right. It's absolutely you're right. Yeah, I, I to me, you want to talk about aggravation and... Like, I, I don't, I can't, like, I, why would I be the eighth or ninth car when I can just park? There's a space there because everybody's in the drive through so there's a parking space. I can just walk in. Although I must say, because of this, too, sometimes you walk into those places and most of the focus is on the drive through Serving the person that's standing there doesn't seem to be the same priority it used to be. Sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, everything's changing, fellas. Everything. Yeah, but but that's a mindset. Yeah, everything is changing. Life is crazy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Dan, you're right. I mean, if, uh, not that long ago, I would I would have parked my car and gone into that Starbucks or the Tim Hortons. And now I won't I won't sit in a, an 11 car lineup. I'll go to some other place. I won't. I can't because I I can't be bothered because of just what you said. Mm-hmm. I can't wait 11 cars. But if there's a couple of cars. I just look at it like, okay, from parking my car, getting out, getting back in, the five extra minutes I have to wait here is okay with me. All right. Speaking of driving, um, I, uh, I mentioned this, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, living in Toronto. I think, uh, I mean, for me, I, I live in the city. I have to come in and out of downtown for people who don't know, I live on the west side of the city, about 15 minutes from the CN Tower. A 15-minute drive. I mean, it can take hours, but that's... But my point is that there's sort of a... I don't know, you, you've lived here your whole life. Dan and I have lived here half our lives. You just never know when you're going to be in one of those apocalyptic traffic jams. I mean, that, for, for me, and I drive a lot more driving around here than you two... It doesn't happen that often. Once every couple of years. I'm not talking about a 20-minute delay. I'm talking about they've shut down the highway. I, I mean, I can't remember the last time it happened. I mean, I know about you, Dan. You come in from Peterborough quite a bit. You know, that kind of thing where you see the road signs saying they've shut the 401 down. Yeah. So I leave my house uh, at 8.30 on Monday to go play this golf tournament. And it's in Kitchener. And I looked at Waze. I looked at the GPS. I looked at my map. And when I left the uh, garage here, I said, it it said I had a one hour and 15 minute drive. So just for context, I was to tee off at 11 o'clock. So I usually get there about an hour and an hour or so before warm up and make sure you're there on time. And then I get on the 401 and and here's what a couple of people I've told this to said, why didn't you? Well, by the time I understood there was something wrong, I was way past 
doing something about it. I was past the 410. I was past the point of what I could do. I started seeing signs because I'm heading west. It said the 401 is closed all lanes. <laughs> you know, oh, there's oh. I don't, there's a thing, you know, they, they talk about what people with human beings do in emergencies. First thing is denial. I'm like, well, that can't mm-hmm. be. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and in, in the Tesla, you know, the GPS is so good. I started, you can scroll ahead and I started seeing it went from blue to just dark blood red. So I get uh, past 410, whatever. I'm about 15 kilometers short of the 25401 intersection there. And it stopped to the point where now my GPS is saying I'm going to get there. I was going to get there at 930. Now I'm getting there at 10. I'm getting there at 1015. I'm getting there at 1030. I'm not getting there until my teeing off at 11. So and I'm just going to Kitchener. And um, people were driving like it was insane, Dan. People were driving on the shoulder. If you want to talk about people being upset, people were honking at each other. It took two hours and 45 minutes for me to get there. No. I got what to time 20, did you get there? I got there at one minute to 11. Now, oh. in the event I was playing at, if you're late for your tea time, you're, you're disqualified. Oh, but it was a partner event. So the rules are if one of the players is there at the designated time, you're okay. And when, because so many people were screwed up in this, they backed our tea time up 10 minutes. So I ended up being okay. But I'd never seen this is it's the worst. I know. And there was a huge accident. Like, think about it. They shut all the westbound lanes, all of them. (laughs) Fuck. I'd never seen that before. Mm. Giving, given your impatience and your low, you know, um, mm-hmm. your impatience and your low right. aggravation yes. switch, yes. did it affect your game going through that? Well, you know what, Dr. Patterson, um, because I work so hard on acceptance and uh, being in the present, you know, as you know, uh, I had my best competitive round of the year. True story. Really? Well, then you should get in more traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, played great, and I literally couldn't. I didn't hit a golf ball before the round. I literally had enough, enough time to get my clubs on my partner's cart, found a couple of tees, swung a club a couple of times, and went out and shot one under par. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hey, uh, how did you and, do and in we traffic? How did you do in traffic? It was great. Oh, yeah? Acceptance? Absolutely. I know you want me to say, eh, eh, eh. no, I didn't. I was kind of like, the only thing I was worried about is I, I kept, I called my partner a couple of times and said, you know, can you find out from the, the G, because of the golf association of Ontario. I said, can you find out if we're going to, I said, can you just ask them if you, if you tee off, are we okay? Cause I didn't want him to get disqualified and, and found out that, yeah, you only need one person there on the, at the tee time. And I guess they, there were, I wasn't the only one caught in that traffic. Were you, so you angry? Pardon me? Yeah. I'll take a you question. Dan, was I aggravated? Punch, you didn't you didn't punch the screen? No. The no, I didn't. Good. All right. No. I was going to ask if you were aggravated. I, I just explained I wasn't aggravated. I was uh I was concerned about how I was what how I was going to get there. 
That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I wasn't aggravated. You've got a tea time at 11 o'clock. You're stuck in traffic. And you have that tension, am I going to make it? And you weren't aggravated? Listen, if you want me to... trying to kid? If you want me to say... For for comedy's sake, if you want me to say yes, I will. But as I'm just telling you, man to man, I wasn't aggravated. Absolutely. I swear on my baby dog's Stan's life. Okay. Absolutely. You, were, you sat in the car Absolutely. going, look at all these other people aggravated and, and acting like fools. Not high. No, nope, I high. didn't. Oh. Well, here's the thing. I looked at it this way. I said, you know, I've got to get, I've, I, at some point, I'm going to get there. And as long as we're not disqualified, then what can I do? And I ended up going up to uh, 25 north to 15. And I took side roads all the way. That's what the GPS said. And I got on there. And once I knew we weren't going to be disqualified, I was fine. Wow. Yes, Dan, I'll did take you, one last question, then did, we're going to move did on. You, did you play Enya? <laughs> no, you know what? I was listening to a podcast, actually. Oh, okay. The entire time there. What? Oh, a podcast? Well, by the way, on uh, Sirius XM now, they have a mental health channel. It's pretty cool, actually. Well, I'm on it. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> Probably. Oh, you're, the, you're the main host. <laughs> That's right. You're the morning yeah. man. That's right. I'm the morning man on, uh, you know, fucking K Looney. Um, no, I was fine. I know you guys want me to say, I fucking freaked out. I didn't. I And that's why I played so well, because when I, I had this high level of acceptance, and when I got to the golf course, I was like, well, let's see how this works out. And I shot, uh, I literally had my best. I was, I was, uh, I was just weird. I just because I've been playing pretty well lately, and I had my best competitive round of the year. A week before, I had my second best competitive round of the year uh, when I was away. I qualified for a tournament when I was in uh, London. So there you go. But that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is if you live in a big city, every once in a while they're going to shut down the busiest road in uh, the country, and uh, it's fucking wild when it happens. I, I could. I was looking around, thinking, how many cars are affected by this? Like, how many cars, Dan? There's, there's. Let's use miles. There was no, kilometers. There was twenty kilometers of cars, because it started at just past your exit, Fred. So just past the four ten, maybe a couple kilometers. Like, it, it, it had, how many cars is that? Twenty thousand, ten thousand, fifteen. Well, there's uh, like 360,000 vehicles on the 401 on a typical day. 360,000 vehicles. So, well, some tens of thousands were sitting there. You know what did did worry me at one point? I thought, what if I have to to pee here, being my age? Like, am I going to be that guy that, you know, literally pulls over and pees on the side of the road? Well... (laughs) You often see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just open your door and stand behind it. But, you know, again, it's hard to relate the day-to-day things that people go through. And I guess, you know, they take for granted because it's their world. Last week, driving home from the Tin Palace, I'm, I was driving Doll's car. She was with me, and I miscalculated the gas while she was napping. And I got uh, near Keel Street, and I thought, I better get off for some gas. Holy Christ, this thing's dropped quickly. So I got off Keel Street and went north thinking there would be a gas station right there. And I I have a long history of this. When I get off for gas, I always choose the area where there just doesn't happen to be a lot of gas stations (laughs) in that area. But I'll tell you, that whole area there with the transport trucks, because there's a lot of um, 
factories and distribution centers and everything and you just know you know that feel where it's just so congested and every vehicle's a truck and it's mm-hmm. it, nobody lets anybody else in and it's just rat race and cutthroat and <clears throat> it was a really good measure of where me personally am at as far as aggravation and impatience and because and to be honest it, i was in that situation it was like there's nothing you can do about this other than sit here and appreciate the fact you don't have to be part of this every day. Because I'm looking around at all the other cars and I'm thinking, most of these guys and women or whoever, this is their life every day. They're they're part of this, you know, and it's like, wow. So I actually came away thankful as opposed to <laughs> aggravated that I don't have to deal with it. Because it, it's, it, listen, you talk about um, anxiety and, and stress. and I, I couldn't do it every day. Well, I mean, oh, and, and, and again, I mean, you can believe me or not. I mean, I'm just telling you, on my, no, I, um, I, I was, you what? You don't believe me? I'm just poking you. No, I know you, you are. Know um, yeah. But I looked around, similarly thought, I, I don't really, this, I don't have, to, I'm doing this because I want to. <laughs> um, there were a lot of people that were aggravated and because I guess they had to get somewhere. I'll tell you what I really noticed mm-hmm. people like they, they people were actually pretty good because the, here's the thing until everyone got to 25 and could make some adjustments. We're all just stuck there. And for the most part, mm-hmm. other than a couple of transport trucks that were pissed off at people trying to get in front of them, it was mm-hmm. pretty civil where I really noticed it was once we got off the highway and did this little detour, so 15, and then we got back on the 401 somewhere. Mm-hmm. And um, there were people trying to make these turns like off 15 side road onto the, or off 25 onto 15, getting really pissed off because, you know, they were, and I saw guys like making crazy, um, like mm-hmm. passing on the left lane when there was traffic coming. It was because I guess they were trying to make up time. Like my only thing was once I knew we weren't going to be, kicked out of the tournament i was fine i'm like i'm gonna get there but other people i guess you know if you had places to go and a job that required you to be there i could see people losing their shit Mm -hmm. absolutely i could right because you look around and you know i mean you you had a golf tee off time there might be another guy with a meeting at a certain time that's crucial for his business or you know he might be competing with another business for some kind of you know like who knows what's Everybody has a story, right? That's right. Everybody has Maybe a, story. a brain surgeon with a brain to be worked on. That's right. Yeah. Dan? Uh, yeah. See, you yeah. always come with a... You always make it better. <laughs> Daniel, uh, we got to go. Bill Brio standing by. I've taken way too much of your time. Way Can too we, much. Uh, I just wanted to pause and cycle back for half a second. Generation V, Z, or Z? Yeah, I think I said uh, that. Yeah. generation you're talking about? Gen Alpha is the new one. Uh, yeah. Born uh, 2013 and later. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, both are both of my kids Z's or Millennials? Ah, uh, I think they're Z's. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, Dan's news coming up. The, the retirement Sherpa will be with us today. And uh, in the meantime, before we get to uh, Bill Brio, Fred, let's talk about this guy. Uh, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Our uh, buddy Brett Tanner was on a few weeks ago telling uh, us about the updates and... Uh, you know, the additions, improvements that have been made to the Chambers plan. All this while holding the line on premiums. It's really remarkable if you take the time to look into this. They've done a really good job of holding the line on, on premiums because, well, with small business, right, you have to really know what your costs are going to be. So they keep this in mind as they add product and they improve um, 
uh, the program. And again, it's dental and it's uh, prescriptions and therapies and all the things you might expect uh, from a benefits package. And it can be done for small business regardless of your size. Okay, so go to chamberplan.ca. Check it out. Find out what it'll be cost, uh, what it will cost, and uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. That's the Chambers plan. Stretchlab.com. Stretchlab Toronto now expanding. There are stretch labs across the country. If you're listening to us out west, I know there's one in Calgary. Improving your sports performance as well as increasing your range of motion and flexibility. If you haven't figured it out yet, it actually just makes you feel good. I've been going once a week through this whole golf summer and uh, definitely have noticed a difference in terms of my range of motion and reducing muscle and joint pain. For $59, you can get a 50-minute introductory stretch. Includes an assessment, and you will feel better after. Improve your posture, reduce your stress, and figure it out at stretchlab.com. And now, as he often does, once a week, once a month, I should say, he drops in and lets us know what's going on in the world of uh, television and movies, by the way. There's a movie component. Please welcome back to our program uh, from Brio.tv and host of Brio TV, the podcast, the eponymously named... How's that for a big word? That's a John Moore word. Uh, say hi to Bill Brio. Hello, William. Good morning. Good morning, Howard. Good morning, Fred. Hello, Billy. Billy. Hey, Billy. Yes, uh, I can't remember if we talked about this last time you were on, but thanks for Only Murders in the Building. Love it. Yeah, pretty good, huh? Very, uh, very good. Yeah, it's it's a really entertaining show. And there was this big furor on the internet about uh, Martin I Short, wanted to bring you know, that up. Well, okay, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so first of all, I, you've got me back to watching a, a show every week because I'm now into season three. It only comes out every Tuesday. Right. And I said this to Fred yesterday. I said, Are you, did you hear about this thing that happened on the internet about Martin Short? Fred said, I did not. So some dude at a, at a, at a, at a I don't remember the uh, Slate magazine or Slate Online. Right. Some stupid site. Some, yeah. some stupid site wrote an article saying that Martin Short wasn't funny. But right. what that did is it spawned a huge outcry on the Internet from all these famous people. Take it away, Bill. Yeah. And, you know, what's this guy going to do next? Go after John Candy? You know, I mean, <laughs> what is the point of that? Like Martin Short is the funniest man. He is literally in the top three all time best late night talk show guest. Right? Easily. He just, you know, there'd be Robin Williams, him and somebody else. He just arrives ready to entertain um, all the, you know, it just going for 50 years funny, uh, physically and vocally in every dimension. So, uh, this guy seemed to be a myth that, uh, he tried too hard or he was on, always on or something like that. Well, you know, like, as short was quoted once in an article saying, well, you don't go after a doctor saying, well, you're carrying your scalpel all day long or something. And, uh, Anyway, it's just ridiculous because Martin Short, not only is he funny, but if you've read his book, his beautiful book where he it's an homage to his late wife. Yes. uh, You know, it's just so uh, sweet. And he's not only that, if you watch Only Murders, this guy's a hell of an actor. Yeah, he's very good. Has been for many years back to damages and but, things. But so. what I like, what I like, Bill, is that nobody is, no one is saying the name of the writer because I think that's what the writer wanted was some yeah. attention. And nobody, like I've got a post well, here. Go he ahead didn't put his it. name to it. Oh no, he did. No, he did. But but oh. I'm just saying, like oh. nobody. It's it's interesting that he's 
This article has gotten attention, but for, for this guy, it's gotten attention for all the wrong reasons for him. It's like when the, you know, John Lennon was killed. The other Beatles always referred to the shooter as he whose name shall not be mentioned. Right. And, yeah. and that's the right way to go on this. And yeah, no, don't give this guy any notice for sure. Well, the thing about Martin Short, much like Norm MacDonald, other stars, other comics, other actors, whenever his name comes up, they go out of their way to say how much they love him mm-hmm. yeah. and they appreciate him. Again, and some of it often unsolicited, you could just, yeah. how respected he is within that community alone. I can't remember if it was Smartless or uh, the David Spade uh, and uh, mm-hmm. Dana Carvey one, but when, when Martin Short came on, it was like they were talking to royalty. But I'll read yes. you one thing. So Dave Thomas mm-hmm. from uh, SCTV you know, obviously he was one. That's that's how I first saw this because I saw Dave Pom- Thomas posted it. Yeah. But Alan Zweibel was one of the original guys that started Saturday Night Live, and here's what he wrote. He said, "When we started Saturday Night Live in 1975, Gilda Radner told me about her friend Martin Short. She said, i 'I'm telling you, Zweibel, he's the funniest person in the world.' She said, and soon afterwards, I became familiar with Marty's work, wrote for him, and wrote from blah blah blah. Um, but anyway, so as you said, friend, people in the comedy world. The mm-hmm. most they they respect this guy beyond everything. But as, well, I'll wrap it up, Billy, and just by saying it's interesting that the guy that wrote the article, I don't think he was ready for the shitstorm that, <laughs> that came his way because I had never even heard of the article. All I saw starting Saturday or Sunday was just tons of these articles. Yeah, it's I don't know what the analogy in sports. You know, you get a lot of yahoos going, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he sucks. And yeah, it yeah. Sort of just seemed to be on that level that this is guy. Some guy had an opinion. Uh, but, yeah, everybody you read that that the love lovely thing about this was the just tsunami of love for Martin yeah. Short and the posting of so many funny clips, so many it. great clips. Yeah, yeah. You know, I forget, like, you know, forget, like, like not just Jiminy Glick and, and not the little nerdy guy with the thing, but, you know, Ed Grimley. Ed Grimley. Yeah. But Martin yeah. Short's um, Jerry Lewis. You remember yeah. that from SCTV? Yeah. Just unbelievable. Uh, anyway, I didn't mean to hijack your spot, but I did think that no. you'd, uh, you would have yeah. heard about it. Uh, yeah. Let's start at the beginning. You're doing um, a film project screening. Tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're here. It's in September. And this was traditionally for many years. You know, I used to work at TV Guide years and years ago. This was the fall preview month. And you would be so excited to get the thick fall preview issue of that little <laughs> TV Guide. And it would have all the new shows and pictures of the new shows. And, you know, it was some excitement. So here we are, you know, in uh, 2023. And everything, everybody's on strike, the writers, the, the, you know, so the networks have very thin fall lineups and anything that is coming on is a reality show or some import from wherever. And it, it just doesn't feel the same. And uh, so I, for years and years, I've been collecting and I'll hold this up for the benefit of your, your visual. Uh, yeah, the Facebook audience. Yeah, these, what is that? These are. This is a can from CBS from 1972-73. This is a reel of 16 millimeter film. It's like a pizza-sized container mm-hmm. and, and roll of film. And people might remember this from school when they have to thread the projector at the mm-hmm. back and show a film. Uh, okay. But I've been collecting this for since I was in high school. Uh, you know, uh, since, you know, you talked about the chambers. What is it that your, your advertisers? Chambers chamber plan. Yeah. Back in high school, uh, I was on the Maryland Chambers plan. But anyway. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> you're the Martin Short of TV writers. Yeah, exactly. I tried too hard. Um, so I've been collecting these reels. And this is a 1972 uh, CBS reel. And on it is 
all their new shows. And the new shows they had that year, this is, listen to this lineup, brand new for 1972 on CBS, little show called MASH. Wow. Maud, very funny show. Yeah. The Waltz, you know, was the family drama of, the, of mm-hmm. its age. Uh, the Bob Newhart show. The first one uh, with Emily. And then, mm. uh, you know, they had a show called Bridget Loves Bernie. I remember uh, that show. Okay. Well, a few others do, right? Howard, it, but, it, but it because, because wait, wait, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the premise of Bridget Loves Bernie that Bridget was in love with a Jewish guy? Exactly. So was that was, Richard Benjamin? Yes. It, no, it was no. Uh, not Richard Benjamin. But like that. David, Bur- David Bernie. Someone like that. Right. Elsewhere. Yeah, but imagine yes. that. 1972 was a big deal oh, for mm-hmm. a, 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 a goyish woman to, have right. a, to be in love with a Jew. She was a super Catholic, the character <laughs> Bridget, and she was mm-hmm. played by the actress who went on to do Family Ties, Meredith uh, Baxter Bernie. Yes. Right. And she and David uh, Bernie were married in real life. Uh, oh, and they right. played, you're right. And so he was this Jewish character. And the whole series was based on this crazy premise that these two could get married. Um, the Catholic Legion of Decency, other people went nuts and literally lobbied CBS. This show was number five in the ratings wow. at the end of the 72, 73 season. And it was canceled. Uh, it was just, oh, they couldn't handle all the uh, blowback. So it's a fascinating little tidbit to this reel that I'll be showing uh, as part of these screenings I'm doing now at the Westdale Theater. Nice. They, they couldn't handle the blowback for that, but all right. in the family thrived. <laughs> right. This is on the same network. Yeah. On the same network. Yeah. Funny. I think on the same night. Yeah. That was, uh, well, I, I was going to get much darker. I was going to say they couldn't handle the blowback from that, but priests and little boys, that's cool. We'll just move them yeah. around a little bit. Sorry right. to wreck the, sorry to wreck oh, the fun. Oh. Sorry to wreck all the fun. Um, so that's good. So where, how do people get there? It's, uh, you were saying you're the, the, this is a lovely little theater. If people in Hamilton would know of it, it's a, it's like, in, you know, near you in Etobicoke, or there's the Kingsway Theater. Yes. It's sort, sort of like that. It's a repertoire theater, but it was uh, re- restored about four or five years ago. And it's, uh, you know, just a great auditorium. They do a lot of live events, tribute bands, do lots of different things there now. And this is, I pitched this idea. I've been doing these TV on film presentations to industry shows for several years to for Rogers or CTV or Chorus. And uh, but this is the first time that open to the public. And on uh, Saturday, uh, September 23rd, it's a one o'clock matinee. We're going to do the first one and I'll be showing the 1963 fall preview reel. Uh, this is the Beverly Hillbillies, the Ed Sullivan show, the Dick wow. Mike show, uh, all kinds of stuff like that, as well as this 72 CBS reel with MASH and others. You know, um, next time you're on, we'll have to find out the profile of the demographic, because you would think just older people would be interested in this, but maybe not. Maybe, yeah, like, you know, just, you know, the... People interested in film and a little bit of history, younger people might show up for this. Well, that's the hope. I mean, this mm-hmm. theater is right next to Mac. You know, it's right mm-hmm. here in Hamilton. So they do a lot of business at the Westdale uh, with that university. And, yeah, these films, this one is 60 years old and one is 50. You know, you're right. And, and you know, but I, it's just 
I'll be sitting, I'll actually be in the auditorium with a 16 millimeter projector. You'll hear the clickety click mm-hmm. we're projecting on a screen and we're running the sound through this theater sound system. So you'll get sort of that 16 millimeter vibe. And this is the hundredth anniversary of 16 millimeter film 2023. So that's part of the experience. I think uh, we're also going to be doing TV trivia uh, we'll be asking people, you know, about uh, what other famous musician was on the same night as the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, things like that. Well, well who, what, we what's had, the answer to that? Well, there was a uh, there was a performance of Oliver on stage on the same show that was oh, playing wow. in Broadway at the same time. And uh, Davy Jones of the Monkees was the Artful Dodger. Isn't that so something? The same night, February 9th, 1964 on Ed Sullivan. So just to be clear, like you're going to show these reels. How long uh, are, are they actual episodes of the shows or are they just it, promo reels? They're promo. They were made specifically to promote the new season. So you'll see CBS. Have we got a fall for you? And then you'll hear all the stars go flash on the screen. And then you'll see clips from the new ones. Uh, Back then, you know, there was only three networks. There was no HBO. There was no streaming. So the network had to not just be about new shows. They had, you know, Friday was their movie night, and Thursday their new movie night, and sports was part of it. So it was all on the same ABC, NBC, CBS channel. So how long does so, a, how long is each how long a performance is this? What I'm trying to understand. The, each reel is about half an hour. Oh, okay, good. Okay, I get it. So as so you the two reels, I'll sort of put them in context. We'll do some trivia and uh, so hopefully you're looking at like ninety out. minutes or so. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be like going to see a regular movie. And uh, again, the, the the Westdale, I can't say enough about this place. See, they, they actually have a license. They serve. You know, oh, like nice. It's, mm. it, it's a great setup there. Well, you know, and, Billy, uh, I've been to that place on the Kingsway there, or the Kingsway. Yeah. Or it's actually, it's on Bloor, but it's called the Kingsway Theater. I've been to a couple of little shows. It's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. It is. I, I actually, Howard, was an usher there when I was in high school. Jesus. Uh, a long, long time ago. But yeah. uh, it, it, I always, the experience of going to these old neighborhood cinemas to me is an important part of this. If you're going to get up off the couch away from your home theater, uh, you don't want to just sit in a, a big box kind of uh, multiplex, for me anyway. And yeah, so yeah. it's part of it. Well, let's uh, talk about this. Uh, I'm sorry, Freddie, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I Again, not to get too far off track, but it just brings back so m- many memories for me. And you talk about uh, working at TV Guide. I remember explaining to my kids a few years ago when you wanted to know what was on television. You know, it wasn't until probably into the 70s that the stars started making their own TV Guide. Yes. But remember prior to that, you had to have the evening paper. That's right. Go to the TV section yeah. and scan it. If you didn't know where the paper was, or your dad had it in the bathroom or something, you had no idea <laughs> what right. was on TV. You had no idea. Well, and again, was- there was only four or five channels, but still it was just bizarre. No, but to your point that's how we found out what to watch yeah. on television was we went to the newspaper even when i got by the time yes. i got here we still did that you know you still mm-hmm. went to the star of the uh, sun entertainment section and they would they would tell you every hour what was on yes. tv that night it's crazy. <laughs> well, the, the, the value of tv guide tv mm-hmm. guide was the number one selling oh, magazine yeah. in the world and uh it's because you could buy it on monday and you do you could already circle everything you wanted That's to right. watch starting Friday. That was it was really those movie listings that drove the sales of that magazine. Okay, let's speaking of movies, uh, Revival '69, the concert that rocked the world, uh, was also known as Live Peace in Toronto. I'm, is this actually from that? 
because this is the plastic Ono band. They they, they sing it on stage. Right. This is, that recording, uh, I think, was done in uh, Montreal in a okay. hotel room. Yeah, with Al Cap. With Al Cap, yeah. Al Cap. Tommy Smothers is playing guitar with uh, John Lennon in that recording, yeah. But let's talk about Revival 69. It's a very famous concert, and uh, as you're about to hear from Bill, pretty interesting that it happened here in Toronto. It's mind-blowing, Howard, really. I mean, I, you know, I was 12. I don't, I, I mean, I, I guess I heard of it. I don't remember. But that, that all of these musicians, uh, this is, you know, in, in, in August, I think, of 1969, were playing at Varsity Stadium. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the producers, uh, the guys who are putting this on, John Brower is the main guy. They were just phoning people left and right. He had booked this revival show with Little Richard and, uh, you know, all Jerry Lee Lewis. Chuck Berry thinking, wow, we've got all the pioneers of rock and roll. And they had sold like 1,000 tickets. They were The thing was dying. They got Alice Cooper, who no one had heard of at that point. But uh, then they managed to get The Doors, who were huge headliners. And still, they weren't really selling. So they, they took a crazy leap of faith and, and phoned. Somebody had somebody's number, and they were able to get to John and Yoko in London on like Thursday and say, will you come uh, host our shows on Saturday? And Lennon at this point wasn't sure if he was going to quit the Beatles. And, you know, he and Yoko were talking. So they, they call up Klaus, Klaus Wurman, their buddy uh, from Amsterdam, who designed the a revolver album cover who plays bass. Uh, they got, uh, they literally threw a band together within days um, and uh, Eric Clapton literally had one day notice for this thing. They got on a plane. They rehearse on the plane with unplugged instruments at the back because they'd never played before. Alan White was the drummer. And they show up and play um, uh, the song you just heard and a few others. And they literally, Yoko was holding the words to songs so John can sing it. It was terrifying for him. He threw up just before the show. Wow. And uh, But the, afterwards, he thought, you know, maybe I can do this without John, without George and Ringo. And, yeah. You know, uh, I remember that because I was like 13 in grade eight. But my brother and sister, all their friends were just a couple of years older. And several of them went to that concert. And I, I remember the And I remember the buzz that it created. Also, another attachment to that story, I believe when John and Yoko came for that, they stayed at Ronnie Hawkins' house. Right. Yeah, you're right. right. Exactly, said, Fred. Because yeah. he told me this story, yeah. and he was going through his Beatles stuff. He ran up um, Ronnie's uh, phone bill. He yes. would just grab the phone and make all these calls yeah. without appreciating the long-distance implications. Anyway, he ran up this huge phone bill that he never paid Ronnie for. Wow. Right. Yeah, like eight thousand dollars back yeah. in 1969. <laughs> yeah. A huge amount of money. Yeah. But the, the, this thing was the, the filming. Thank goodness, uh, uh, the filmmaker D.A. Pennebaker, uh, all these great documentaries, Don't Look Back, he came up with a crew and recorded it, and uh, the film kind of sat in vaults for a long time, and, uh, you know, it's it's been uh, put re-edited and put together, director Ron Chapman, and it's called Revival 69, and wow. it premieres today on Crave. Very, oh, very I'll cool. I'll be watching that. I'll be watching that. Um, another thing, before we let you go, the uh, our buddy uh, Darren... Uh, all three of us, Fred and I and Darren, are big fans of uh, Welcome to Wrexham, which uh, debuted last night on FX. Um, it's again, I, I don't have FX, so I'm just deciding whether I'm going to get it or not, just for, just for this series. 
But back to the idea of uh, only murders in the building, which, by the way, Fred, you will love. It takes a bit to get into it. You'll really like Mm -hmm. it. But I'm now, as I said to you at the beginning of this segment, it's weird to watch shows one week at a time. It it just is. When back to the time that you're talking about in the 1970s and the the era of TV Guide, that's what we did. We waited patiently. (laughs) (laughs) We did. As a society, we would wait patiently for our favorite shows to come on the television. Yeah. It well, just seems so old-fashioned. Pardon me? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we've been 10 years at this, really. It's it's like my, you know, my kids are in their 30s. I remember when they were in their 20s coming over, and they thought, you know, we were sitting through commercials. They thought our TV was broke or we were broken. <laughs> That's we're right. Like, what are you guys, what is crazy? This? You know, so it's just, yeah, it's hard to I, get used to again. Dude, I'm so <laughs> impatient now as a viewer. I know, impatient always. But I almost called you when I found out that, because I got to season three thinking it had already, you know, all the episodes were there. And then when I found out that that was, I'm now caught up and I was waiting, I was like, I was going to send you a note going, what is this shit? (laughs) How come come they just didn't release them all at once? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like Jesus meant them to be. Uh, Well, yeah. But, you know, this part of that is uh, I don't mind it in a way because I got something to look forward to every Tuesday night on Disney Plus, which is also where you can see Welcome to Wrexham, I believe. I think Disney Plus shows it as well. Oh, they do? Yeah, because it's uh, Fox, which is owned by Disney. Uh, So FX is, I believe, uh, that's where I saw it anyway. Well, I'm going to check that out. I have it, yeah. Yeah. Wrexham is is really good. And and it's just they just drop one at a time with that. Yes. Right. Yeah, no, I I know what you're saying, Bill, too, about because when Delise and I were watching um, Yellowstone, I sort of like that once a week thing until that series crapped out and I didn't want to watch it anymore. But I I sort of like it. Hey, don't get me wrong. Sunday nighter. I'm like you now, Bill. I sort of think, okay, I like I I thought today, okay, I got an episode of Only Murders. I knew I was going to talk about it with you. I don't mind it. But when you but you're so used to when you go to a series, all the episodes are there. It just seems like like a a weird it's a weird throwback, but it's all it's what all three of us are used to. It sort of alleviates that thing, too. You know, when they drop them all and then you binge watch on a weekend and you get to the end and you think, oh, shit, I don't want it to be over. At least when they're once a week at sort of lengthens your pleasure or whatever. That, that's know. how I feel, Fred. And, and yeah. when you think of how hard and how much work they put into these things, and then we'll just sit <laughs> on the couch and just burn through Watch it five, five at a time. I know. Yeah, it was pretty good. Wait <laughs> and you, weeks and you can't stuff. remember the episode that two episodes ago. Right. Oh, I know. No, yeah. it's true. They, they, I, that is a great point. You think about the work that goes into it, and then you're like, I'm just burning through episode <laughs> after episode. I don't even and, watch and the, with this. You know that thing that says, uh, you know, it says, you know, skip the credits. Yeah, skip the credits. I don't care who these people are. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I never skip the intro. I love that uh, animated beginning to Only Murders. It's they have little Easter eggs in there now. And then if you look closely at the windows, the music, uh, it's just a lovely, well-made show. And uh, my God, the three main characters. But then you have like you have all these other people acting on it. Uh, You know, the guest stars on the show are, are amazing. You know, had a pretty cool guest. Uh, Paul Rudd uh, was on. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Mor- uh, M- Meryl Streep is a character in season three. 
Yeah, but if you haven't seen the last episode, there's a surprise guest that harkens back to uh, Ferris Bueller's day off. Are you talking about the last episode, the one that came on last night? Because I haven't seen it. Okay, okay. So there you have it. Um, That uh, one of the you talk about intros to that other soccer one, "Till I Die." What is it? The name of the Sunderland "Till I Die." Sunderland "Till I Die." That opening. the song ships oh man yeah. i'll just watch the intro for that every who, who does time. that song freddie uh, i forget the name of it but it's it's called ships from uh, sunderland till i die and it's just haunting i just love that song it's about his grandfather being a Sumter. working in the shipyards there it, it's kind of a lost art the tv theme song right yeah mm-hmm. so when there's a good one uh I, you, you appreciate it i think mm-hmm. um one last thing i want to run by you there uh fella bill brio um, Seinfeld, the the series ended in the late 90s. It was in 1998 or 1999. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. So yeah, maybe even it. into the 2000s, wasn't it? I can't remember. Well, whatever it was, it was over 25 years ago or so. Hmm. And I, I just saved this little trivia for you that Jerry Seinfeld still makes between 60 and $80 million a year from that series. I think the first year it was three hundred and fifty million he made, and three hundred and fifty million Larry David made. Yeah, and uh, that was it. You know, it was these were oil wells back then. These oh, guys yeah. just it was crazy. <laughs> and so now uh, that's why these people are on strike. All those residuals that's gone away. No one reruns anymore on network TV. It doesn't show up a year later. It goes to Netflix for a, a pennies on the dollar. And uh, so all that money that the writers and the actors used to make in uh, residuals, they don't. And that's why they're trying to change the metric of how they get paid. Yeah. So, so how does that work for much music when they run uh, 15 Seinfelds back to back to back to back to back to back to back? Does it cost um, them much? I, th- I think now that, you know, it's just a different, they can buy a season. And sometimes right. they, they might only buy seasons five to eight, you know, and mm-hmm. keep showing them all the time. And it, mm-hmm. it costs a certain amount of money. But it used to be there was a per episode charge. Right. And that's where the real money that Seinfeld is still making uh, kicked in. By the way, Howard, the name of that song was Shipyards. Not by the Sh- lake. Sh- yeah, it's Shipyards by the mm-hmm. Lake Poets. Mm-hmm. Here you go, Freddie. Let's see. I was actually, I just found it. On Well, on this happy note, let's say... By the no, it's a great song. Hey, Bill Brio, everybody. Uh, Bill Brio, Brio.tv, the podcast. Brio.tv, the thing that he does. <laughs> <laughs> and westdale.ca. Check that out for more info on the Feb, on the uh, September 23rd screening. You know, we, we do really appreciate you. And, and I can say that for our, both of us, that we enjoy your commentary. We like your, your spots. And thank you for uh, making time for us each month. Oh, uh, it's always fun. Love coming here every month, you guys. Thank okay, you. Man. Okay, and sunny soon, right, Bill? Okay, yeah, yeah. September we, now. I'm home. Right. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Let's do it. I, I'm away this week, but all the next week would be good. Okay. Well, why don't you guys just have a, a, a Zoom meeting and just like Uber eat some shits over to your house? You know, just, <laughs> we'll nice. drive through a, a, a restaurant together. <laughs> That's right. All right, Billy. Take care. You too. I think you. I think you've told me about this song before. I love yeah. this. Yeah, it's a great song. It's about his grandpa who worked in the shipyards and loved Sunderland. 
Yeah, I just uh, again, it's one of those. It's funny Bill said that because it is one of those shows that I will sit through the the intro because I love this. Yeah, it's, I, it's funny too. Funny, ha, interesting, curious. <laughs> but I sit through the intro to only murders because of what he just said. It's got a catchy little thing. There's always mm-hmm. little. They change the um, little characters on it. I'm telling you, Tina Fey, Paul Rudd, Meryl Streep are all are all on this show because Steve Martin created it. He's Steve Martin. And Martin Short, who this guy didn't think was funny, is on the show. It's unbelievable, this show. Like, mm-hmm. like when you get around to once again watching TV, one of the first ones I'd want you to see. It's really good. Because part of it is it's those three people and... Uh, What's her name? It's, uh, fuck, it's terrible. I can't remember the girl's name. doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, but uh, the two of them are unbelievable. Fuck. Isn't we'll that do. true? All right. Uh, do something. Do you have, actually, we're waiting. No, you're all done? Are you all up to date? Yes. Just waiting for the Sherpa. Okay. I'm just trying to think. Uh, it's terrible. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's Steve Martin. It's terrible. Here comes Tim Niblett in a second. Uh, Selena Gomez is the other one who's also excellent in this. Didn't she go with Justin Bieber for a while? I don't know, maybe. Listen, I could, I've been watching, dude, I've been watching this show for three seasons. I couldn't come up with her name. Fuck. <laughs> How am I going to get her? Who she used to date? Uh, all right, uh, let me get rid of that. And, I would date uh, this man. Oh yeah, I like I, a hey, lunch date. I went a on a date. I went on a lunch yeah. date with him. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know what you meant. You're not. You know. You're not like. Oh, I want to do the Sherpa. <laughs> Although you know, if he uh, yeah. if he doubled your money, would you? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, that's not what I wanted to play. Hang on. Here we go. Down, 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 down. Uh, it's once again time for the professor, the man that knows what's going on. Tim.nibble at a RaymondJames.ca. I was uh, lucky enough to be in the presence of greatness yesterday, the Sherpa and I. And Jay, Jay Bondi, the baby Sherpa. <laughs> Sherpa Jr. Mm-hmm. It was uh, what a pleasure to finally meet Jay in person. He's uh, a big part of the uh, the team, uh, the tight team at Sherpa in- Sherpa Industries in Burlington. Hello, my friend. Good morning, there, gentlemen. Great to see you. Good to see you, Tim. I just want to go on the record: Big Martin Short and only Murder in the Buildings uh, fan for sure. Yeah, it's fantastic. Have, are you uh, caught up? Are you at uh, season three yet? No, I'm I'm drawing the line. I'm showing restraint. I, I don't have uh, Hulu in Canada or the... Uh, where do you watch it on? It's Disney, right? At Disney, here. yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, so we've got Crave and Netflix and Prime, and I kind of feel that's enough, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot. I, I, I realize don't want to have $300 worth in $7 monthly charges yeah. uh, going on. I saw somebody recommended an Amazon Prime show. And I was thinking about it yesterday, and I'm like, man, I've got Amazon. I don't think I, I have Amazon Prime. I haven't watched an Amazon Prime program since uh, Mrs. Maisel went off the air. So, yeah, it's a whole other uh, issue now with people 
you know, forget about cord cutting, which a lot, again, Generation Z or whatever are doing. Now it's deciding which um, services you want to keep. Because you're right. Half a dozen of them can cost you 100 bucks a month or whatever. So you sent us, uh, first of all, it was great seeing you again. Thanks for, uh, thanks for lunch. And I, I hope I was on my, you know, my best behavior. I was trying to be like, you know, like a normal person for a couple hours. Our, our pleasure. It's, it's funny, Fred, you'll, uh, you'll like this. Jay had kind of reached out and said, maybe we can have this meeting on the golf course. And Howard very politely, uh, you know, uh, demurred, deferred, whatever the big word declined. is. Declined. Yes. Passed. And, uh, but then later on, he learned that he used to work with Club Blink and he's a CPGA pro and he just shot 71 at the Abbey with me a couple of weeks ago. And then all of a sudden, Howard's got some time to go golf. I was like, yeah, we can golf. (laughs) (laughs) I said, sure, I'll go golfing with you. Oh, because you, under the impression, it was one of these guys that would be whacking it all over the golf course. And yeah, kind of like you. I can only do so much yeah, of that. No, I, get it, I yeah. get it. I get it. I get it. I can only I do so it. much. Yeah. No, uh, Jay's a very good player, and I look forward to it. So let's get to your spot today, smart man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something you, you share with us from time to time called the Visual Capitalist. And uh, the headline in this article, very interesting, is called, How Much Does It Take to Be Wealthy in America? But I guess we could say, How Much Does It Take to Be Wealthy in in Canada, you know, when it comes to being comfortable and retirement, etc. Yeah, so I just thought it really tied in with the, you know, it's all about the plan. We actually had a great meeting with awesome clients yesterday morning before seeing you, and they were looking at their retirement plans. And I uh, don't have Canadian numbers, but yeah, on, on this chart, is, as you can see, I mean, San Francisco, their definition of wealthy is uh, takes $4.7 million. And in Atlanta, it's 2.3 million. So, you know, Canadian-wise, if you're looking at a place that costs twice as much to live in to, to have the lifestyle that you want, that's really got to be a big part of your uh, your retirement thinking. So those numbers, is that in investments or net worth or what? Or, I don't know, Fred. I just oh, okay. well, I've got it so open here. It looked really cool. Um, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd sense it'd be net worth uh, for sure. Yeah, because so there's two numbers. It says what what financially comfortable versus thought to be wealthy. So in a city like Seattle, to be financially comfortable, you would have to be have a net worth of a million to be thought to be wealthy. They say three point one all the way down to the, the number that surprises me was something like Chicago. Uh, to be comfortable, you need a net worth of eight hundred and seventeen thousand, and then to be wealthy in Chicago would be two point three million. And I think Chicago would be similar to Toronto in terms of size, cost of living, etc. Right. So up here in Canada, that ties into. Uh you know, we probably all know, I certainly do, uh, we've had a number of clients move to the Niagara region, including one this week, actually, to Grimsby uh, from from Burlington. And, you know, that that's a big, when we run the numbers for people, that's a big thought process for them, right? Where can we kind of afford to live? And I, I'd suggest it's not as simple as just the financial part. Of course, that's vital. Um, but where's your, you talked with Sirius XM and the, the mental health, where, where's your mental health going to be the, mm-hmm. the best, right? If, if you're in Toronto, where are you going to get driven crazy by the traffic or are you going to get energized by having all the great restaurants nearby? I mean, it, it's, it's different for everybody, but that's a super important part of the conversations we have with people as well. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Absolutely. Well, when you one of the questions you ask is there a better place to live financially? And I guess some of the conversations would be okay. Well, if you stay in Toronto or the GTA, this is what you'll need to be comfortable. But as you just mentioned, you know, you can move to a lot of lovely places around the GTA, an hour from the city, where you would still have access to, you know, what Toronto has to offer without having to live at the price point that Toronto offers and the aggravation Mm -hmm. that you get from being in the, the, the ebb and flow of the constant traffic here. Right. And that's a great fit for some, right? Uh, comparison is the thief of joy, I think it's uh, said. But yes. You know, what works for somebody else doesn't necessarily work for you. So you really need to know what your priorities are. I even put down here, like, for your physical health, right? Yes. Um, a, a few people from the golf course uh, have and are moving up to the Collingwood area. You, you can be active anywhere, certainly. Uh, but that's part of the driver, the financial part, too. Um, but just the, uh, it's great for their physical health. They could be, uh, they got activity all around them, hiking certainly, and, and so on and so on. And that's arguably more important in your, your retirement years than at any time of your life. Well, let me give you a case study, a 67-year-old man named Fred Patterson who wants to get out of Brampton. And that decision to where to go is so difficult. I'm telling you. And and even to the point where if we decide this is where we want to go, being apprehensive or maybe being afraid that it ultimately wasn't the right choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you get set in your ways at this age, right? And, you, and you're comfortable and you think, if I make this move, it better be the right one. Um, and again, there's lots of nice places to go, Collingwood and, you know, allure all these areas. But it's like, I got to imagine myself being there and uh, yeah, will but I ultimate, be happy once I get there? Ultimately, you wouldn't know until you got there. I mean, you gotta, I mean that's it. And yeah. I know the kind of guy you are. You're not going to make a move until you, you know, all the dominoes would fall, you know, in the right mm-hmm. spot. But back to what Tim's talking about. I mean, do you ever have these conversations, Tim, where you advise someone and say, listen, you know, you have this amount right now and if you stay you know you, you do ever say like to recommend to somebody a move like you better you better get out of the gta or you won't be or your money won't last long enough well the numbers will kind of tell that for them right one of the things that ultimately drills down to is uh adjust for inflation net after taxes how much money you should have from all sources conservative uh conservative expectations we're usually extrapolating hopefully over decades for people, right? So if that number is too low and their home's worth $2 million, well, that kind of tells them they might mm-hmm. want to decide to do something right. a little different, right? Whether it's have a line of credit or reverse mortgage, Sherpa size, move to Alora, whatever the right fit is uh, is for them. Well, before I met you, I was in my retirement plan was to live in a shed in Fred's backyard. So yes, things I are preparing it. Preparing the Hellman's shed. Uh, mm-hmm. Listen, always great hanging out with you. Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca. And, uh, yeah, look for this visual capitalist chart. It's interesting just to look at it because, as you say, it, it does put in perspective what, we're, what we would might what we might need to have for our retirement, depending on where we live. Yeah, it's a big part of the process, and 
And I'm disappointed you didn't mention that I was mildly competent on the golf course in that tournament on Saturday. Okay, all right. Okay, let's just. All right, I'm sorry. Lead story there. The lead story is I played with Tim on Saturday in a club tournament. Lots of fun. We we spent 27 holes together, and there was a nine hole stretch of the best golf I'd ever seen Tim play. Um, There was different formats, but for that nine holes. Uh, this gentleman, this gentleman shot 41 on a uh, grown-up uh, size golf course. And it was it was the kind of golf where, you know, I said to Tim at lunch yesterday, it was the kind of golf where I didn't want to get too excited because I didn't want to take him out. It was like, you know, watching somebody throw a no-hitter. You don't really want to talk about it. But hole after hole and shot after shot, he just played great. To the point where it was like, I go, you know, I didn't want to interrupt the flow, but it was something to see. How's that? I think it was just being in the presence of golf spiritual leader, really. That was <laughs> yeah. the, the whole key there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a great day. And it was, and as I said to you yesterday, it was really nice seeing you have uh, a nice round. Because, hey, golf's hard as shit, man. And most of the time we fail at it. That's the truth of golf. Most of the time you're just not playing as well as you'd like to, some version of that. And it was nice to see that you did it. You got, you got a little reprieve from the aggravation that the game provides us every day. Yes, I like golf just for a scant couple of minutes. So, uh, this, this Saturday, uh, I will be down in Gainesville watching the big game against Tennessee. And uh, since they're the, one of the top, uh, top-ranked teams, and by that I mean Tennessee, I may not enjoy that experience either, mm. but we'll give it a shot. Hey, check this out, Fred. Tim's down on the field. What? Oh, yeah. Waterboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just you like won Adam the contest. Sandler. Yeah, he's you know, Waterboy for the day. At the end of the third quarter, they have the songs, including I Won't Back Down, Tom Petty, Gainesville right. Native. And uh, the 92,000 people with their flashlights and all sing along. And, uh, yeah, I'll be on the field for uh, for that, which would be pretty cool <laughs> okay. for you. That's what an fun. experience. Exactly. Uh, enjoy it, my friend. Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Pleasure is always. Great seeing you guys. Okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a grown man who's going to be down singing on the field at a college football game. And you know what? Good for him. It brings him so much joy. Yes, it does. And if I may just make a football comment here, and I know a lot of people look down on the CFL, but this little Argonaut team, you want to be entertained. I mean, the Blue Jays are not really that entertaining because they have no fight in them and they're flat as a pancake. This uh, Argo team, 10-1, and and this quarterback, Chad Kelly, uh, Jim Kelly's nephew, he looks like the second coming of uh, Doug Flutie. And I'll tell you, if you can just sit down and think, okay, I want to be entertained by a sporting event. Forget it's the CFL compared to the NFL and all that shit. It's an entertaining little football team. All right. Check it out. Well, that's great to know, my friend. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy for you and your funny little CFL. Okay. Yeah. Um, they try. Yeah, they do. And good for them. I wanted to uh, make a special mention that I was at uh, I was at Palma Pasta on the weekend, and uh, they have a uh, customer appreciation promotion starting Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, all kinds of activities. This is at Palma's Kitchen. Some of the activities are at all locations. Um, definitely some uh, sampling happening. 
uh, a barbecue appreciation. They're going to basically give away free food at Palmas Kitchen on Thursday from 11 till 3. And then uh, there's uh, half price for hot table items on Friday. I'm just looking at this from the poster. And then on Saturday, uh, all kinds of stuff. You can get a uh, $29.99 large lasagna. Uh, that's uh, walk-ins only. Just want, I just want to make some one last thing. Now, I, I, you know, you've been there a few times. I've been there a few times. And um, the woman that was helping check out my grocery items is a woman named Lori. And, you know, she sort of knows that I'm somehow associated with Anthony, but only loosely. He doesn't really know us. Doesn't know the Humble and Fred show. And un- unprompted told me, she was asking me if I was going to be there for the promotion. I said, well, I didn't know there was one. And then I just uh, I just read off the promotion she was talking about. And she said, you know what? I want to tell you. She said, this family, these are the nicest people that I've ever worked for. She, and this is talking about Anthony Petrucci and his family. She said, and, and like, when you hear an employee tell a customer raving about how wonderful the family that owns the business is. That's why they've been so successful. And I just thought it was such a sweet moment that you know, she would take time to make me understand how she enjoyed working there and just how kind. That's the word she used. How She said this is the kindest, the, one of the kindest families that she's ever uh, heard of or met. So there's an, if you, there's an endorsement if you need one. It's uh, palmapasta.com. Okay. Well, I'm not surprised Anthony is just such a sweet, level-headed, calm, yeah. pleasant man. Yeah, Isn't man. he? Isn't he? He is, and he is. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of level-headed and calm, but only on the outside, because we all know inside, <laughs> it's just a churn in there. You don't tell me you're not. See, that's the thing about, you know, you and I, Fred. Like, we, you know, we can be demonstrative at times. You know, even you, the great Fred Patterson. But but Dan, Dan appears just, oh, life is no big deal. But inside, it's like a mountain. It's like lava spilling out of a volcano. Do you think? Do you think? For the purpose, you know what, for the purposes of this bit, yes, I do. Oh, the okay. host of the mental channel on Sirius, uh, the mental health channel. Well, you don't think that Dan's churning up inside constantly? I do. Well, yeah. I know uh, over the past few years, I've got him riled up a couple of times. You know, when he starts yelling at me in choppy sentences, that's yeah. when I know Dan's pissed off. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm not talking about the odd time Dan flips on a service no, provider. Ta- I know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not talking about when he starts yelling at somebody on the phone who's just trying to do their job. You know, some poor, you know, uh, call center person who didn't who woke up that day, didn't realize it was Dan Duran yell at me day. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, last week I'm in the Tin Palace and I'm in my Florida room and I heard uh, someone getting the wrath of Dan and it turned out to be, you know, the people that made his coffee maker. It was leaking and uh, (laughs) it became quite an issue because they replaced it the first time, but they were reluctant to do it the second time. And um, I remember as I was listening, thinking, I feel sorry for that person. I actually do. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. But I didn't yell. I didn't yell. Oh, no? No. Did you just speak very choppy and 
Just, no, I didn't. I didn't do that. I just, you know, went went down the logic road, and then mm. finally, uh, he was being very yeah. assertive. Yeah, well, of <laughs> yeah. course, you know, like the mm-hmm. the logic that they were using was ridiculous. No, of course. Well, I yeah. got the impression that person on the other line probably thought that you thought they were dumb. Hmm. You know, well, it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I ended up talking, asking to speak to the manager of the manager. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, oh yes, of course. Right up, to the top. Well, no, I talked to the supervisor, <laughs> and the oh. supervisor, uh, you know, said, well, this is the top person you can talk to. I said, so you don't have a manager? Doesn't he say, yeah, but that person, that's not that So person. what were you yeah. trying to achieve for our audience? What was the problem with your coffee maker, and how new was it? Well, it had been sent back once. It was a gift to me. I didn't have a receipt for the machine. The first time, everything was beautiful and glorious, and it would, uh, you know, flipped over and came right back. Then they, uh, the second round was, well, hey, it didn't get fixed. And the first line guy said, hey, well, we took it and we sent it back to you because uh, we didn't have a receipt on it. And I said, well, that's not what I was told in the machine. They said they fixed the machine when I got it back. I've known nothing about this. So we uh, finally said, listen, we're not going to get anywhere. Can I talk to your supervisor? I said, yes, of course. So we talked to uh, and of talking to the supervisor the supervisor looked into it and found that they did fix the machine theoretically and i'm saying well what's the difference between now and then this is still the same repair why are we even discussing this this is you know kind of crazy and basically she said she ended up agreeing with me and uh the box arrived today or let yes last night in order for me to send it back so is it a fancy uh coffee maker like you know one of those like uh like yeah, italian things that's one, yeah. He makes me espresso. It's very nice. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure you were very, very level-headed and kind, and you know. But again, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about inner turmoil. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm talking about the fact that on the outside, lava field in my brain. <laughs> yeah, on the outside what? it's all calm, but on the inside it's freaking out. Hey, your Dan Duran slaughtered three people at a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Our Dan Duran? Oh, yeah. Inside. Oh, yeah. The coffee it. wasn't hot enough. Inside, it's no good in there. No. Here's Bruce. to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as fast for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now, live from Lisa's house That's right, we'll be like one of those guys on the news And they say, uh, yeah Did did you know him? Oh yeah, he seems so normal (laughs) (laughs) He seems so normal and then he just went on a slaughtering uh, a nice rampage. Guy, yeah. He seems so nice. Is that the guy that went on the slaughtering rampage? Oh, yeah. yeah. And now here he is with his news uh, anchor man from the movies, Dan Duran. Cutting the cord has reached new heights. Americans are streaming more than ever with a total hours surpassing cable TV. This happened in July. Now, I don't have the Canadian numbers, but they really can't be that much different. And the latest report from The Gauge, a media measurement company which is owned by Nielsen, says monthly total TV and streaming uh, viewing. Um, they compared it. And again, it was August making another record high share for the format. So streaming... Uh, broadcast is at 22.1% of people viewing and uh, streaming is now at 35%. 
And uh, cable is 34, so streaming is, is now the dominant yeah. way people get uh, stuff delivered to their eyeballs. Well, you just, it's so obvious, right? People now are just using broadcast exclusively, probably for live events, stuff you can't, you know, and we've talked about this over the past couple of years. That's where it's going. That will be the place of broadcast TV, live, which obviously streaming can't provide although apple tv has a deal now with mls the soccer league you go to apple tv to watch that and then major league baseball has another thing with apple tv friday night games so yeah apple tv's had that deal apple tv's had that deal now for with major with mlb for a couple years well i mean like so the pga tour had its season ending tournament a couple weeks ago and Mm -hmm. the Ryder cup isn't for a couple weeks the only television i've turned on no, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's wrong. I did turn on CNN sometime in the last week. But other than that. But that's live, too. The only I'm saying that's the only television I turned on was the Bills game on Monday night. The yeah. rest of the time, it's either, you know, it's, it's a streaming service of some kind or I do what you do sometimes. I just turn on YouTube. I got a couple channels I follow mm-hmm. and I just watch episodes of I follow this guy, Dan, who uh, flies a certain type of uh, jet. It's a citation jet, small jet, and I just he he posts videos of him flying around the country. They're, and they're like half hour videos that I just one of my little channels that I watch. So he just he just flies the plane, nothing really goes on. Well, you know the procedures of flying into LAX are kind of interesting if you're a pilot or flying into New York. And th- well, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just a, it's a it's a YouTube channel that's not a regular right. television channel. So you like to watch Tower Talk, basically. I like to watch stuff like that, and I think there's a listen. The three of us, you know, even though we're old, there will come a time when we won't even that we probably won't have broadcast television by the time we're all dead. I mean. You know what I mean? Like I, there, there, there'll come a time when what I want to watch golf wise will be a st- on a streaming service of some kind, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Well, you probably yeah. can stream a lot of the uh, linear stuff now without having to, to go to cable or broadcast because it's being repeated. You know, like like, like you're saying about the Apple stuff. By the way, uh, Netflix of the streaming uh, uh, statistics, Netflix holds a seven point six percent share and. Uh, uh, YouTube is the same at 7.6 and it's mm. one down for America is 3.7 which is Hulu and then it sort of goes even Disney doesn't have very much it's 1.9 yeah there's certain things that are geo-blocked though like I mean you can't like PGA Tour has some live PGATour.com has some live elements but you know you, you're not I don't want to watch a sports on repeat I don't want to watch it after it's done I want to watch it while it's happening mm-hmm Right, but, but that are, uh, hmm. you, you can pay for it though, right? You can pay for it to watch it live on a streaming. There's not, not, there's no, not, there's no streaming service that carries, you know, okay. what I want to. I mean, other than yeah. Apple having the odd MLB game. Well, and you know, uh, there's been some adjustments made. Like I can be a cable cutter, but if I love the Blue Jays, I can subscribe solely to Sportsnet through an app. So. uh you know, there's ways to see live TV without being part of the broadcast TV mm-hmm. world um, more and more. Yeah. See where it goes. See where it goes. Um, our, we had a guest uh, scheduled for now, but uh, that guest has bailed on us. So that will be the end of today's program. Uh, tomorrow, because uh, we're doing a Thursday show uh, for the first time since uh, the spring cutoff, whatever we call it. Um, 
so what we're going to do is we're, we're going to do some emails. You know, where we kind of got carried away is, if, you know, back in the winter we were doing like 45 minutes of emails. We're not going to do that. We're going to do the same amount we do on an email show, which is probably five or six each. We will, uh, you know, if you have a, if you have any comments about the program, go ahead and send it in today. We've got a ton to read tomorrow. Of course, our email program brought to you by the Sweet Angels at Palma Pasta. Dan, will you be part of our program tomorrow? Do you have some renovating to do at Bruno Gerusi's Children's Homes? No, no, I'm all, I'm all good. I got an audition I'm going to do today and get it out of the way. So what are you saying? You're saying that the, uh, the email show is on Friday and no, a normal show tomorrow? No, no email no, no, show. No, no. We're not doing Friday. We, the only reason we started an email show was because we weren't doing Thursdays. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, so we're going to do a show a Thursday now. So it's the email show. No. But featuring emails. We don't do oh, Friday okay. for religious reasons. <laughs> That's right. You know, we me, you we know, gave up emails on Friday. It's not Dan. You know, it's not kosher to do a Friday show for me. Right. It's our holy day. It's our holy. Day. That's humble and Fred's holy day. Yeah. Hey Dan, how did your uh, j- uh, job at the uh, park go? Did that get completed? Uh, I'm finishing it today, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, wow. uh, one last little uh, go, half day at it, and then here, Dan, talk a little bit right into the microphone because you seem to be. Oh yeah, I'm just way I'm trying off. to rewrite the script for the Friday email show, which I had in there. So. Oh, okay. So it's well, just the word is Thursday, not Friday. <laughs> 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 Maybe you could have ad-libbed that. <laughs> it's not the email show, though, right? It's the smart show ass. with emails in it. Oh, okay. Well, tomorrow oh, we're going to be... You're such a smart ass. You're smart. Well, yeah, I learned it from the master. All right. Well, that was great. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we, we fixed the uh, microphones. Everything seems fine. Thanks to Bill Brio, Brio.tv. Thanks to the Retirement Sherpa. Thanks to Dan Duran. And here he is to say so long. On our behalf. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got the Thursday email show, which is part of the Thursday show with the monthly Palma Pasta prize. Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Get those comments in and tell us what you think. Liking and subscribing really helps us out, so do that. And so does writing a review. Say something really nice about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, it is possible to get aggravated, but not upset. So chill and enjoy every goddamn day. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Well.